Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 526, recorded live on Saturday, September 2nd, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who's enjoying a relaxing Labor Day weekend, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who's already had to remote into work <laughs> this morning and has to go into work this afternoon, Andy Lohi. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Going into work, huh? Yeah, uh, on top of, you know, getting that phone call where, you know, he goes, are you still asleep? What? <laughs> it's it's Saturday, yes. I, I, you know, I was trying to be still asleep. <laughs> I have an infant son. Sleep is a precious commodity. What do you want? Well, the MSU game isn't playing. Did anybody authorize the MSU game on the satellite receiver? I don't know. Let me go check. <laughs> Do you know the Do you know the serial number and password for the satellite receiver? Don't say it on the air. Well, I, I don't even remember what it is, but it's saved on my laptop. So okay. it's like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna get up and you know deal with like this. I'll I'll just do it. Let's screw I'll just it. Do it. Screw it. It's too late. I'm up already. Yep. Oh, that sucks. Yep. Yep. I'm college sorry. College football kind of snuck up us on us here. How? You and I have been talking about it for a month and a half. I know, but at the at work, it kind of snuck up on us because, you know, <laughs> MSU's playing their first game today. Nobody set it up on the satellite receiver. You know, Western's got their first game today. I got to go in to make sure our new audio equipment actually works. Yeah, to be clear, MSU is playing their first game right now. I know. Pre-game started at 1030. Woo. I know, because. Because that's when you got the phone call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hey um we was it a silence alarm or just like they had something else but they knew the stream wasn't coming in um well the, it was originally a silence alarm because uh our silence alarm is set up right now for one level across all five stations and so we get false positives sometimes where you know the audio is still playing but it dipped below the level but i have to keep mm-hmm. it up you know enough to catch the, the other ones i'd rather have false right. positives than false negatives False negatives, yes, thank you. Right, right? Yeah. 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 Basically, no. you'd rather have the, the accidental, hey, it's silent, but it's not really silent. Yes. Than the... Have it be silent and that. nobody knows. We can't do silence on the podcast, Dave. That doesn't work. Andy? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, that, exactly that. You can stop now. <laughs> Unless I've actually disconnected. Have I disconnected? No. Have I disconnected? Yeah, speaking of silence alarm, you know, having to reboot my cable modem there, that was fun. Oh, yes. Uh, So, you okay, yeah, I got kind of thrown off there. I was making a joke about silence alarms and and the false positives and false negatives, and then I just kind of had silence, and then I... Andy, were you like playing along? No, no, I was not. No. I was, I was trying to. Con- what was funny though was I could still hear you, so I was commenting back to you, but you couldn't hear me. I definitely could not. So yeah, no, I had to uh, reboot our. That was twice now this morning where I've had to restart the stuff there to get the connection going again. I'll have to check my default gateway at some point, but I don't have time for that because I have to go to work at two. Yeah, wait. That's not a yay, is it? No. I'm trying to see if my boss will uh, splurge. <clears throat> I say splurge, you know, kind of sarcastically for um, uh, the Little Caesars pizza that's right next door. That's, that's not really a splurge, Andy. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> but you're asking, will he cover it since yeah. you have to go into work on a weekend? Yeah. yeah that's that's reasonable, I yeah. think. You know, a $5 pizza, I feel like that should be reasonable. It's $5 for you? For the, the pizza? Yeah. Yeah, it's like six fifty here. 
for a Little Caesars pizza? For Little Caesars hot and ready? Boy, you getting screwed. <laughs> yep. We have we have the uh what's it, what do they call it? The extra most bestest pizza or something like that. Where they have more I, toppings and more cheese on it. That one's like I, six dollars for us. Nope. We we don't get that. Dude, I'm sorry. Oh well, alas, alas, alas. So uh should we hit topics since we've got kind of a yeah, so we're we're on a little tight timeline. Although I'm I'm sitting here, so I'm I built a, a chat bot this week. <laughs> what did I do this week? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, got, you made a human. Recently, you've been taking care of a human. So yes. I, that's that's a little like. I'm pretty sure my bot learned more faster, but your your human is going to outpace the bot. Yeah, it's it's that whole you know <laughs> soon soon. Well, it's going to take some time for him to start up. I, yeah, I got I got some bad news for you, but it takes a long time. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, but it, right as I was saying, I, I made a chatbot, and uh, I've I've been watching the log of the chatbot as more people are are using it, and it's just so interesting to see as it gets used. And so far, it hasn't crashed today. Oh, good. Which is really good because yesterday it crashed eight times because. I evidently am a really bad predictor of how people are going to type commands in because they were typing like, you know, how, how in syntax you'll have like this command, comma, this word, but in brackets, implying that you need to replace that word with something else. Right. Yes. They typed the brackets. They replaced the word with something else, but they typed the brackets. Oh. I, I had not thought that people would do that, and so I hadn't considered that. And so when my bot was parsing out what they were saying, it got to the bracket, and it was like, well, fuck that. So anyway, I, I've just been watching the – well, while I was waiting for you to come back, I was sitting here and watching the, the scroll of everything that people are saying to the bot. I see. All right. Anyway, uh, football. It's not really a topic that we've got listed, but it's it is something that we talked about already. And the fact that it's started. Yep. Um, Eastern won their first game last night. Yay, Eastern. Mm -hmm. So there's their win for the season. Oh, Michigan State is currently down by three. That's well, I, not good. I'm I'm OK with that since Western is playing MSU next week. Yeah. At MSU. Ooh, good for them. Good mm -hmm. for them. Western did a very good job last year. Yes, but <laughs> half half that people are at Minnesota this year. Oh, so Minnesota might do well this year. We'll see. They're playing. Uh, well, they beat Buffalo <laughs> already. P.J. Fleck given game ball after becoming first Gophers coach to win debut since 1986. Well, you're playing Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, they might have a shot. Why did Indiana and Ohio State play? I don't know. That's... First game of the year was a conference game. What? <laughs> I, I don't know. Because that's not, like, how it usually goes. No, no, no. It's usually blood money for the first two games. Yep. Well, hey, Michigan is playing Florida today. So if that's blood money, then I want to okay, know which yeah, direction so Mac, that's Mac going Yeah, so teams in. normally have blood money the first two games. Right. Okay, we can hit topics. Uh, we can go keep along the lines of sports. Esports? Esports. The Olympics, perhaps? Yes. <laughs> because no matter what the uh, Olympic committees, you know, are taught, or the, the Olympic... Uh, what would you call them? Selection. The committees that are proposing to host the Olympics? 
Um, I mean, they're cities, right? Yeah. So, like, the Paris Olympic Committee said, you know, had raised the possibility of introducing esports at the Paris Olympics in 2024, but the final decision will be taken by the IOC. The current director of the IOC plainly suggested that the most popular games in esports do not align with Olympic values. The the former fencer who got his Olympic medal in a violent contest of swordplay yes. has issues with esports because of violence. Yes. He said, we want to promote non-discrimination, non-violence, and peace among people. This does not match with video games, which are about violence, explosions, and killing. And there we have to draw a clear line. So, uh, esports that mirror those played in real life, like soccer or basketball, could be considered for the Olympics. So, uh, there's, that's how you get American football into the Olympics, Madden. (laughs) No, I, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, yeah, it fits the criteria, but like, what's the Madden esports ring look like? I don't know. Talk to EA. EA's probably got that locked down. Let's see, Madden Esports Leagues. Madden 18 Championship Series. So that, yeah, there is a... <laughs> there is a Madden Esports, Esports League? Yeah. But what do they, like, what? Competitive Madden. Yep, Competitive Madden. There's Madden Classic, Online Qualification and Final Events. There's the Club Championship, Madden Challenge. There's Ladders stuff going on there. Prize pool for the live finals in December. Oh, wow. Some of these prize pools are uh, pretty high. That's the club championship prize pool is uh, $400,000. But like Hearthstone. Hearthstone would be nice. Right? Hearthstone could be could be a good. I mean, it would really suck because there's so much RNG. Yes. Oh, my God. All the RNG, especially. Yeah. So they, they came out with the... And like, uh, the, can, they, I, I assume Blizzard can make it so that two players are going to play against... Well, you can you can always do an arranged match, Andy. Yeah. You got very quiet. Sorry, I was thinking about all the RNG hit in Hearthstone. Also, think, your audio quality has gone to shit. Um, well, I don't know what to tell you about that one. Okay. Well, you're recording, so hopefully yeah. the quality is fine. Uh, so that's kind of sad though. Like I was looking forward to, to the LA games in 2024 having esports. No, no. LA's in 2028, I thought, or is it? No, I think Paris is 20, when? Okay. 2028 Olympics. Yeah. Is that Paris the is LA 2024. Olympics? Okay. LA 2028. Sure. Okay. Um, wow. My, my brain just flashed through a whole bunch of connections to a different topic. Can we talk about one that's not on the list, if I go find the link for it. Sure. Oh, hi, you're back. Uh, Foxconn is talking about building a new plant in the U.S. In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Yep. Wisconsin. Uh, do you know where they're planning on building it? Uh, if I remember correctly, it that was, uh, isn't it going to be in, like, Madison or something? Nope. No, where's it going to be? Paul Ryan's district. Of course it is. Just want to throw that little tidbit out there. Well, yeah, but the amount of uh, $3 billion in tax breaks that Wisconsin's going to give Foxconn, supposedly, uh, the Wisconsin's Legislative Fiscal Bureau said that the state wouldn't break even on the investment until 2043. Yep, that's assuming that the company and factory are even still there in 2043. Like, whose brilliant idea is this? 
Now, I get that it's going to make jobs. I get that it's going to get people into the state, although it could also just bring people into northern Illinois because it's not that long a commute. But, like, let's keep in mind what company this is. This is a company that had to build safety nets, literal safety nets, not like uh, societal safety nets, literal safety nets around their buildings because their employees kept trying to commit suicide. Man, I really want to just dig through this report because, oh. Yeah, no, there was discussion about that. Uh, Governor Snyder here in Michigan was trying to push for last minute stuff there, you know. To try and steal it? Yeah. But no, that was not going to happen because, you know, Paul Ryan to Trump to, you know. Well, it's, I mean, Trump had very little to do with this one. This was Scott Walker. So Snyder actually had just as much a shot. It's just. Scott Walker was willing to sell out the state to try and get this business in here. Yeah, Foxconn agrees to invest $10 billion to construct over six years of facility in Wisconsin and create up to 13,000 jobs. But Which the, is great, and, you know, except but, that it's A, Foxconn, B, what happens when they decide, you know what, we're done here? Well, according to some other reports, it looks like <laughs> they might only be 3,000 jobs. That is a lot fewer. Yeah, yeah that, that, is, uh, that and, is a lot fewer. Like, Wisconsin needs to learn from Michigan of what happens when you have a giant facility that shuts down. Reported yeah. average salary of 53000 <laughs> over a period of up to six years. Oh. We should sick, sick Hans on this one. Tell him, have him... I mean, he he's hearing this. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of funny. What was I? What was I reading? I was reading some report that an economist put out there saying that monopolies were bad for the U.S. economy and that monopolies in U.S. Uh, deregulation was bad. And then I read an article summarizing a paper that was po- <laughs> published in rebuttal to that first paper. And then I was reading another article that was a rebuttal to the rebuttal to the paper. And I'm sitting there going like, "What am I doing with my life?" Wait, but like, of course, monopolies are bad. <laughs> like, that's the point of the game Monopoly. To show how how terrible monopolies are for uh, a, an economy. Evidently, by the way, there's a tactic you can do in Monopoly. Yeah. That I was not familiar with. Uh, because by the rules, you have there to is... bid on property that nobody. No, owns. no, I ever I know that one. Most people okay. actually know that one now. Uh, you have a finite number of houses. Yes, that's the other one, yeah. That if you run out of houses, too you bad. You can't build hotels, yeah. No, there's a finite number in the in the rules, yeah. That's, that's mean. <laughs> that's yep. really mean. Because then you can be like, uh, I'm not going to build hotels because this way you can't buy houses. Mm-hmm. Which is, re- that that is where the monopoly comes in, right? It has nothing to do with owning all three properties. It has like, I'm just going to buy all the houses and you can't build anything. That and um, the other thing is, you know, in late stages of the game, if you, you know, go to jail, you, you want to go to jail. It's like, oh no, I get to oh, spend... No. I'm in jail and and can't land on your properties. Yeah, I can still accept money while I'm in jail. You know, that's that's what the thing is there. If you made a rule that said you weren't allowed to accept payments while you were in jail, that would change the end game a bit. But oh man, Monopoly. How did we get onto the forever? That's how we got onto it. Yeah. Okay. Roku is filing for an IPO. Is that what that says at the bottom? Hmm. Good for them? Are they big enough to do that? I don't know. Okay. Um, so where do we want to go from from there, from Foxconn, which isn't even really a topic? Uh, oh, oh, Amazon. Amazon and Whole Foods. 
it makes no sense to jump from one to the other, but I just want to jump from one to the other. <laughs> okay. Because I, I just... How fast this happened is crazy. That, you know, on Monday, the deal went through? Yeah, because, like, on Friday, the, the uh, was it was the FTC is in charge of it, mm-hmm. said, like, yep, we give you our, our blessing and our permission. And then on Monday, it was done. And not only was it done, Amazon took immediate action. There were Amazon products showing up in Whole Foods stores, complete with, like, display cases. Although I guess I shouldn't be too surprised that Amazon was able to ship things to a store very quickly. (laughs) Putting that one out there. And Amazon's uh, uh, cut prices. On 15 items. But by a lot. Yeah. Like, to 40%. Bananas now are 49 cents a pound, which I think is actually cheaper than Meyer, which is surprising. <clears throat> Beef is down. Avocados stayed the same. Other avocados dropped. Mm-hmm. Fresh fish dropped. Eggs dropped. Apples dropped. Like, just flat, just random things. Just cut the price. Yeah. Hmm. Granted, there is no Whole Foods over here, is there? <laughs> I love I love your certainty. You're like, there's none near. Wait, where is well, the nearest Whole Foods? They, uh, they talked about making one here. I've always been a little disappointed with Madison's Whole Foods. I would have thought it would have been much bigger and more impressive. Like, Ann Arbor has two big Whole Foods. Well, wait, was that the one that was getting built here in Kalamazoo, or is that a... Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, they so Aldi just moved to a new building. Okay. I think it's a Trader's Joe's is what's coming in. Trader Joe's. Yes. Not Trader's, just Trader. Oh, Trader Joe's. Yeah. Is it Trader Joe's or Trader Joe? Trader Joe's. Apostrophe S. Trader I'm Joe's, looking at a news article S. right okay. now. Yep. Well, I, hey, look, I know it's a Michigan thing to add an S every so often. Oh, sorry. The Trader Joe's uh, has not been officially announced. It's just there's going to be a natural grocery store is what they're calling it. Because <laughs> that doesn't I, it could be a Whole Foods then. A uh, 13,000 square foot grocery store is what the it, current construction plans state. Could be a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. It's going to be right next to a Costco. Nice. It could just be more Costco. No, there's, there's not going to be more Costco there. <laughs> Costco's, there's plenty of Costco already there. Okay. Because, I mean, for goodness sakes, they even have, like, the whole gas station and everything else, so. <clears throat> Excuse me. So where the heck do we go from food? Um, we could talk about shipping. We could. Because you, you brought up Amazon and shipping. shipping. Yes. Because uh, somebody announced an electric semi-truck, and it wasn't Tesla. Uh, whoa. Oh, really? Yes. Cummins. Cummins, yes. The maker of <laughs> diesel engines for commercial trucks unveiled an electric truck. With a... How long is their range? 100 miles. Oof, that is not gonna fly. Nope, nope. They they said this is it's well, it's a class seven anyway. So this class eight are what you see on the highways as the big eighteen wheelers. Those are class eight trucks. So this is a class seven. So this this even if it had a diesel engine, this would not be on the highway. So this is definitely built for local deliveries. They're saying like beer trucks, food trucks, that sort of thing. 
Oh, actually, no wait. Uh, class seven can haul a twenty-two ton trailer, so it's not not a not a big trailer, but still, it's got a decent hauling capability. Something tells me it's going to be used for more than food trucks. It's pretty sleek. I mean, I, I like the look of it, mm-hmm. and it'll wait. be quieter. Yeah, hundred and forty kilowatt hour battery pack. There's no way though. Like, huh? I wonder. Have they looked at putting like solar panels on a truck? I have a feeling the amount of energy you're going to get from the solar panels. Well, didn't wasn't there a car that had solar panels on the roof? I think it was one of your. Uh, well, the Prius did for a while. Yeah, that was to like run the air conditioner, wasn't it, or something like that? Well, it, it was. I mean, it was just hey, here's another potential source of energy, and oh, the nice thing is if you've got this on the roof of your car, it is absorbing light and turning it to electricity in the battery, as opposed to absorbing light as heat in the car. Mm. But, like, trucks spend a lot of time outside and a lot of time where there's no cover. Mm -hmm. So they're in the sun. If I had an electric truck, an electric uh, uh, trail, this is the trailer, right? The front of the truck, which is weird because the trailer should be the thing behind it. The front is called the cab. The cab. Okay. So if I have an electric cab, then wouldn't it make sense to put solar panels on the trailer? Maybe. Okay. So let's see. YRC freight truck trailer dimensions uh, looks like 53 feet long. Yes, it's okay. So trailers uh, max length are 53 feet for U.S. roads. And width is how wide? How wide? I'm going to go with six feet wide. Oh, it's got to be wider than six feet. Eight feet. Eight feet wide. Okay, so eight feet wide by 53 feet in length. Is about 400 square feet. Okay, so how much energy can you get from 400 square feet of solar panels? I'm trying to find a good calculator. Solar cell efficiency? One square foot is 15 watts. Okay. So you're looking at 6.3 kilowatts. And the battery is 140 kilowatt hours. So at two hours in the sun, you would charge... 12 kilowatts for every two hours. So a tenth of the battery. Yeah. I mean, 10% over two hours, so 5% of the battery per hour. Mm -hmm. So that would extend the range, if it's 5%, by five miles. (laughs) (laughs) All this math. And we get five miles. But hey, that's that's five miles. I mean, that's not too bad. Yes. But How long is that over over the course of the entire truck's life? It depends. Well, it depends. Also, it has to be, you know, perfectly sunny, especially also when they're saying that the um, they're saying it can be recharged in about an hour at one hundred and forty kilowatt hour charging station. And their goal is to get that down to 20 minutes by 2020. That's neat. I, I'm still thinking that, like, the, the real analysis would be how much weight are you adding to the truck? Well, you're also removing a lot of weight as well. Right. But I'm saying by, by adding the solar panels. Oh. Oh, yeah. Right? That's adding a bit of weight to the truck. And yeah. what happens, you know, it's also adding height to the truck. Not if you put them flat on the top. Fair. You're still adding a couple inches. Yeah, but still, you know, okay, so you just increase the cowl on the front of the semi-truck by a few more inches. Yep. I don't know, man. I think maybe we need to go patent an idea. 
<laughs> I feel like the added weight of the solar panels, plus you'd have to add all your, you know, accessories as well. The wiring? The wiring and, you know, the power inverter and you'd have to, well, yeah, you'd have to get a power inverter in there. Would you? No, no, wait, no, you wouldn't because the thing's going to be running on DC anyway. Right. You're just directly charging the battery. Yeah. So you just ha- you'd have to put some diodes in there just to, you know, make sure that you don't siphon off power off the battery. Uh, Cummins has got a different idea, though. What are they they're, doing? They're planning on an extended range version, which uses a diesel engine as an onboard generator, which oh. is just like the diesel locomotives that everybody sees. Cool. So instead of having the diesel motor power the wheels, it powers a generator, which charges the batteries. So it's a hybrid. Yeah. Uh, it is it a will, diesel it be- hybrid. Yep, it will be available because they're planning on doing this in 2019. They're actually not going to build any trucks, but they're going to supply a fully integrated battery electronic system. So they're not actually building this said truck. This is just a demo. But they're saying, like, look, we'll give you all the stuff, you know. You build the truck. We just provide the engine and all the cool stuff. Yeah, because that's that's what they do anyway is they provide the engine. So they're like, here's another option. Here's an electric option. Or if you want to actually go up to 300 miles, we'll put a diesel engine in there as well. So yeah, Dave, a uh, quick question for you. Yes. What was our uh, range for the Tesla semi-truck? I don't remember. You? I thought you wrote it down. I thought so too, but I can't find it. Because I know we talked about the, you know. I know. Range around 300 miles. But I don't remember if I said more or not. Like, I'm looking at all the papers I have on my desk, and I don't see where I wrote it down. I looked at the files on the computer, and I don't see a spot where I saved it. And, like, I know I saved this somewhere. I don't know. Because, yeah, the, uh, the, according to Reuters, Tesla's long-haul electric truck aims for 200 to 300 miles on a charge. I have a feeling that's less than what I said. I I feel like that is below the amount I was saying. I'm pretty sure I said it had to get like 300 miles, maybe 400. Yeah, no, I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, no, 200 to 300 miles, I feel like that was in my area of what I said they were planning on doing. Yeah, so I think I owe you lunch, sir. All right. guess it's a good thing I've got this card for her bellies. <laughs> Wait a second, does that work? <laughs> if we just keep sending this one card back and forth. <laughs> it works, assuming our bets keep going back and forth. Yeah. So other um, automotive news. Domino's Pizza. Yeah. Remember how they came out with that Deliverator truck car thing? Which time? Well, no, there's, there's actually one out there that's the, the, the Deliverator car. Okay. They, they've, they've got it out at different places. There's not a lot of them out there because the franchise owner actually had to buy said car. Ooh. But, yeah, no, there's a couple of them around Ann Arbor. But now in Ann Arbor, uh, if you order Domino's Pizza, there's a small chance that it could be delivered by a quote-unquote self-driving pizza delivery car. Interesting. Because uh, you can't actually have self-driving vehicles on the road right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're testing out. So it's actually going to be driven by a Ford safety engineer with other researchers on board. <laughs> mm Nothing like your pizza delivered by automotive researchers. <laughs> but they're they're trying to do it because the, all the windows are going to be tinted, so the people won't actually be able to see inside the car. So the idea is these people are going to, you know, it's all labeled as, you know, experimental self-driving delivery vehicle, yada, yada, yada. And so when you order your pizza, 
Randomly selected customers will have the option to accept pizzas delivered from the autonomous research vehicle. Um, so then uh, when the person, you know, when the car pulls up, they'll get a text message or something. And then the person will walk out to their car, type in a pin on some keypad. And then the back window will roll down and there is a heat wave compartment in the back that keeps the pizza warm. <laughs> So, did you ever read Snow Crash? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I've read all of the book club books. I, I didn't remember if Snow Crash was a book club book. Yes, it was a book club book, which is why I read it. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking about Snow Crash and the Deliverator in Snow yeah. Crash. Yeah, you know, no, and, which we talked about that when the first Deliverator came out. You brought mm-hmm. it up there, and I had not read Snow Crash at that time. So I had no idea what you were talking about. But now I have read Snow Crash. Yeah. And now I do know. Yeah. Does it have nice big wheels? No. Oh. So yeah, they're they're testing to see how people interact with self-driving vehicles without actually having the vehicle drive itself. Because there's someone in the vehicle. Yes. <laughs> will they be driving? Yes. Okay. But the, it, it will essentially be like opaque. You won't know that there's someone in there. No. So there, from the outside, it looks like it's self-driving. Yes. So they're, they're trying to, they're, they were interested to learn what people think about this type of delivery, says the Domino's president. The majority of our questions are about the last 50 feet of the delivery experience. So it's like, how are willing, how willing are people to come outside to pick up their orders? How, you know, how do they approach the vehicle? How they interact with the screen outside the vehicle? Oh, that's a fair point. We don't want to wait until we get everything done on the tech and remove the driver. We're trying to start doing the research. We're still working on the technology because it's not ready to be put on public streets. Because, like, you're at home. Yeah. You order a pizza. Yep. And the doorbell rings. Yep. You're going to go to the doorbell. Yes. You're at home, and you order a pizza. Yes. And your phone dings with a notification. Yes. Because your pizza's arrived. Yes. It's an automatic car. It can wait, right? Wait, are you, are you saying that you're just going to leave the car in your driveway? <laughs> well, but, like... Don't you think that people would do that? Well, it's like, oh, pizza's some- here. All right, I'll go get it in a minute. Yeah. Right? Well, the other quick, they, they bring up an excellent point, though. It's like, I order pizza. I really don't want to go outside. That yeah. Was, that was that, literally- well, that's the other thing. Like, okay, so now it's like, you know, 10 degrees below zero. I have to walk out to this car? Yeah, no, I, that was actually literally the last time that I ordered pizza. Um, and had it delivered was it was snowing and I really didn't want to drive to the, cause normally we got a Domino's pizza store, like dang close. I can tell you in two seconds how close we have a Domino's pizza a mile and a half away. Right. Yeah. So normally I can just go, I'll place the order and you know, if I get it delivered, it's going to take like 40, 45 minutes before the pizza shows up. If I order it for pickup, I literally place the order. I put on my shoes and by the time I get to the Domino's, it's ready. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, no, it, it was it was really bad snowing out. So we were like, you know what, I'm not going to I think we had uh, Kate's family over as well. So I didn't want to like, you know, leave the party. Um, but the delivery guy got stuck in our driveway because of the snow. Mm. So we actually had to go out and like, you know, <laughs> push his car. I did not want to go outside that day, though. So that was, you know. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's the idea that everyone wants, but I'm not sure that they actually want it. Well, we'll find out. Cause... I'm glad that they're testing this. Yes. I, I think this is a good thing to test. Because, like, I I can absolutely see people just leaving it in the car in the driveway for a couple minutes. Because you're not directly inconven- uh, inconveniencing another human standing no. on your doorstep. No, you're just slowing down the delivery process. Right. You're inconveniencing everyone. Yeah. 
but there's no face with that, so it doesn't matter to people. Right. So that's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm excited to hear that they're doing this, and we'll keep an eye on it. So other autonomous news. Yeah. There is a sewing robot that's out there now. A sewing robot. Yes. Uh, back in 2015. Well, no, it's an actual robot, like the, uh, uh, called a Sobot. A Sobot. A Sobot, yes. Uh, it was originally used to make simple things like, you know, bath mats and everything. You know, so simple sewing projects. But now uh, the machine vision is so good and the controls are so good that they're actually making T-shirts and a lot of the construction of a pair <clears throat> of jeans automatically. That is not what I imagined when I thought of a sewing robot. Oh, that's cute. It's named Software Automation. Because mm-hmm. it's software. Yep. That's adorable. Uh, that, that's not, I mean, that, that looks more like a giant 3D printer than a robot. Yes, but it can make, uh, let's see, uh, one of its robotic sewing lines can replace a conventional line of 10 workers and produce about 1,142 t-shirts in an eight hour period compared Damn. to just 669 for the 10 workers. Damn. So this one robot can make as many shirts per hour as about 17 humans. Damn. Oh my god, it uses like it's a hockey table. Yeah. To move the the stuff around it, mm-hmm. it uses air coming from below it like a hockey table. No, it's it's neat. I I don't I I've That's always really been a cool. fan of automation. I don't know what it is. It's you know, How like, much you know, how much does this thing cost? Oh, where was the price on that? Okay. Mm. Oh, I don't know where it's at. Oh, shoot. Was it another article that I was reading about this where it listed the price for the thing? I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to go through my thing. I didn't see a price listed here, so no. I, I have to assume it was somewhere else. Yeah. But, yeah, no, one, one, one machine taking over 17 people. Yeah. Com- <laughs> Which, you know, then, you know, if well, this is actually cheaper than, you know, like sweatshops... It'll bring the the business back. Well, yeah, no more. They they state it right here. Normally, manufacturing in the U.S. would be much more expensive than producing in China because of the high labor costs. But there is now a Chinese firm that has invested twenty million dollars in a hundred thousand square foot factory in Little Rock, Arkansas, planning to open next year. The factory will be staffed with twenty one robotic production lines, supplying supplied by software automation, and will be capable of making one point two million t shirts a year. So there is actually a Chinese garment company. <laughs> That is basically building a factory in the U.S. Because they have this. Yeah. Uh, we, we better, like, as a society, we need to have that livable wage. Livable wage, universal basic income. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's... We, we, need to, we need to have that discussion, like, right now. And we need to decide to, to do that. Because yeah. this, is, this is the way things are going, right? This is going to be cheaper than the cheapest humans. Yep. So, okay, so here we go. Yeah. Okay. So the the chairman of the Chinese company is coming to the U.S. in Little Rock, Arkansas, of all places. So hey, props for them for picking. You know, not a very you know picking a Midwest state. Uh, okay. Uh, the cost. Andy? Yeah. Andy, would you in like to Arkansas, try that again? Arkansas is not Midwest. Southern. <laughs> Mid Southern state. Yeah. <laughs> Under. It, under nobody's interpretation is Arkansas is, in the Midwest. No, no. I have a really cool map that we show at, at work, which is uh, it, it's a partial map of the U.S. And it's color. Each state is colored. Um, and the, the darkness of the color, right, the intensity of the color is how many people called that state part of the Midwest. Oh. And it's just a really cool map. Uh, it does include Mississippi. 
So at least one group of people called Mississippi part of the Midwest. Mm. Right. So can I go back to my cost analysis point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. In a completely automated production line, the cost of human labor works out to approximately 33 cents per shirt. For context, to produce something in Bangladesh, you might pay about 22 cents in labor costs. And if you did that in the U.S., the same labor would cost $7.47. So your your cost per shirt is dropping from $7, if you made it in the U.S., to 33 cents if you automate it. Will we see the cost of the shirt go down? <laughs> oh, you think that the companies are going to want less profits? What? Uh, especially because they're not paying for workers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. Please, unless somebody, you know, unless it's like the EpiPen where suddenly people realize, you know, how much it actually costs them to make versus how much they're getting charged. And, you know, Facebook goes into a tizzy about it. Yep. Prices aren't going to go down. Universal living wage. We kind of need it now. Okay, what else are we at? Tell me about radio, Andy. Well, this is, it's kind of funny. So, okay, so this article came out, put the radio industry in a tizzy. Uh, It was published by the head of New York University's music business program, which in the 30-page report, he said, you know, Generation Z, which is people born after 1995, which is a horrible name. Um, is dropping by 50 percentage points between 2005 and 2016. And that everybody's going to online, you know, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora. And, right, you know, no, one's, no one's listening to the radio. Yeah, and, you know, by 2020, 75% of all car... Because hmm? why would you listen to the radio? Yeah, you've got, you've got your Pandora, you've got your Spotify. You have your own music. Yeah, 75% of new cars are expected to be connected to digital service by 2020, and so the AM FM dial is going to disappear. So, you know. So, about that long-term job security. Well, it's kind of funny, though, because, okay, so the guy posted this 30-page report, and no surprise, the Nielsen, who does ratings for radio, yeah. and the National Association of Broadcasters came back with rebuttals for it. Oh, cool. What were their rebuttals? Well, their first rebuttal was that uh, Nielsen said, like, you know, look, our studies say something completely different. You know, Generation Z spent over 35 hours per month listening to AM and FM radio and 88 percent of Generation Z use radio each week, which says nothing about the decline of what the number used to be. Right. And then uh, where was the NAB? Yes. This silly report, this is their actual thing. This silly report backed by SoundExchange, a group bankrolled in part by giant record labels pushing a radio performance tax right now, continues that tradition of mistakenly forecasting the demise of radio. I mean, people have called it before, right? Yeah. But it's, it's kind of like global warming in that I think they're confusing the local phenomenon with the global phenomenon. But, okay, so and NAB in their thing there says, like, look, this report was backed by a company that's trying to get money from radio. That's what SoundExchange yes. is. They're trying to do a performance tax because radio companies don't actually have to pay a performance tax for any music we play. Pandora and Spotify and all that other people, they have to actually pay artists money for plays. It's right. piddly, you know, pennies per play, not even pennies per play, half percentages of pennies per play. Um but they, Pandora still has to play it. So they're, you know, they're trying to do a point-by-point refuddle, rebuttal of the uh, claims. And one of them says that, you know, according to a new report by iHeartRadio, radio is hugely popular with teens. 
iHeartRadio is one of the largest owners of radio stations in the country. Really? Yeah. Huh. iHeartRadio stations. How many are they currently at? Oh, what was it? Radio. Largest radio networks. That's what I was supposed to be looking for. Uh, uh, over 1,200 stations. Uh, the second largest is Owens 505 stations. Oh, sorry, no, they've sold a bunch. 850 stations right now is how much iHeartRadio owns. So NAB is, you know, claiming, oh, you know, this study was backed by people, you know, who are against radio. And they turn right around and say, like, hey, this report done by radio stations says that radio is great. <laughs> Everyone is biased. Yeah, no. And then, you know, their, their next claim is says a study by Nielsen who does who's got a source for, you know, radio ratings. Everyone is biased. Yeah, no, that's that was my big thing on this one was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, pots and kettles calling each other black. And we're just in here going, it's not bad. Granted, iHeartRadio is up to their eyeballs in debt right now. Really? Uh, bankruptcy. Yes, iHeartMedia was the one who said that, um, that, you know, worse comes to worse, you know. I think by April of next year that they are going to have to declare bankruptcy. Ooh, that's not good. Who's going to be taking over their stuff? Uh, I don't know. Will yeah, someone uh, take over their stuff? Has released the financial results for the first quarter of 2017, and its report was not encouraging. Quote, unquote, there is a substantial doubt about our ability to continue as a, go- as a going concern for a period of 12 months following the release of these figures without a substantial amount of uh, debt service obligations being figured out so they have basically said like you know we got a year before we're gonna have to file for bankruptcy well that's not good no 20 billion dollars in debt right now damn so yeah no it's uh it's not good yeah the radio's got problems but i feel like a lot of those problems were caused by people you know conglomeration but you know my my point with this was you know biasness oh my gosh all the biasness uh just bias and bias no no ness required okay speaking of ness the nes oh what's up with the the snes classic yeah that's that's my segue, right? That's my that is actually my thought process. You you said the word biasness, and I like there is no ness. Oh, hey, let's talk about Nintendo because I think we have some topics about Nintendo. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, one positive for them, one not quite as positive for them. Okay. The the not quite as positive, they lost a patent case about uh, motion controls. Yes, for the Nintendo Wii. Little late. <laughs> On August 31st, 2017, a jury in Texas found that a certain Wii and Wii U video game systems and software bundles infringed on a patent belonging to iLife Technologies Incorporated relating to detecting if a person has fallen down. The jury awarded iLife $10 million in damages. Nintendo disagrees with the decisions, but jury, you know... Probably just pay? Well, they're they're saying that, you know, this isn't the first time that, you know, people have tried to go against patents for the Wii, and Nintendo has said, like, look, we're gonna, we're gonna fight this one just like this other one and this other one, and we've, lo- we've won both of those, so we have a feeling that, you know, that we're gonna win, win this, this one. one. Yeah. They originally filed for $144 million. Probably not going to make it. Nope, that's not going to happen. Uh, however, if it did happen, Nintendo would probably be okay. Because, holy shit, their numbers are insane. We haven't really done numbers lately, but 
in the first week that the PS4 was available, it sold about 310,000 units in Japan. Yeah. In the first week that the Switch was available, it sold 330,000 units. Not too big a difference, right? Like, no. in the grand scheme of things, it's about 300. The Wii was like 8% more. But then you get out to, like, week 12. And in week 12, the PS4 had sold 8,400 units, and the Switch sold 26,000 units. Oh, so there was pretty much the same for the start, but PS... For the, the first two weeks, it was the same, and then the PS4 dropped, and the Switch did not drop nearly as far. Well, what's the price difference between a PS4 and, and a, a Switch? Switch? Uh, Switch is $300, a PS4 is $500, $400. I'm not looking at a PS4 Pro, right? Just PS4. Yep. Oh, hype up. Uh, introductory price was $400. Well, there you go. So $100 difference. The first, <laughs> the first discussion comment on the bottom is the fact that um zelda came out Mm -hmm. so the switch had its killer app right there yep and ps4 didn't get anything that excited japanese fan base until final fantasy 15 yep but even then if you look at the the bump that came from that it was not really that big Mm. there is clearly like a lot more demand for the switch that said, I have one, and I, I can't wait to uh, get a chance to review it. Your Switch? Yeah. Mm. I played uh, Mario Kart on a Switch. That was fun. nice. Did you did you do it with the controller? Did you do it with the Pro controller, with one of the Joy-Cons, or with Just both one of the Joy-Cons. Joy-Cons. Okay. Because there was four of us there, so, you know, two... Two sets of Joy-Cons? Yep. Cute. So, yeah. Um, So there's other sort of NES news. Go for it. Uh, Capcom is celebrating Street Fighter 2's 30th birthday. Aww. Yeah, I know, 30 years, which, wow. Yep. Um, uh, They're coming out with an actual SNES cartridge, a limited edition cartridge. Really? Yeah, in two colors. How many people still have an an SNES to play it? (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll minute. get to that. In, I'll get minute. to that in a second. Hang on. How is it thirty years old? Street Fighter Two was on the SNES. Well, maybe it's thirty years of Street Fighter. Maybe the original Street Fighter was. Have you ever heard of the original Street Fighter? No, because it was garbage. Right. So, are Street they... Fighter came out in August thirtieth, nineteen eighty-seven. That was the yeah. So that was the first release. Okay. The original Street Fighter was in eighty-seven. Yeah, but no one liked it. No, Street Fighter Two came out in nineteen ninety one. Okay, that sounds better. Yeah, like I wasn't two when Street Fighter came out. I, I was two when the original Street Fighter Two came out. Yeah, no, when Street Fighter Two. Yeah, I okay. See, now I'm looking at this in that context, and I feel like they're just trying to get onto that thirty year hype because Mario just did their thirtieth anniversary. Zelda just did a 30th anniversary. Metroid did a 30th anniversary. Like, they should just wait until 2022. Or to actually, technically, uh, the SNES, Street Fighter II Turbo, that came out, came out in 1993. So that was, that was like the one that everybody, you know, had. Yep. So you gotta wait, you know, 30 years. But, okay, so, 
They're coming out with this cartridge. 30th anniversary. Comes in two colors. One is uh, opaque Ryu, which is red. Ryu. Fine. And the other one is a glow-in-the-dark green. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> the kicker is um, there's, there's a warning, though, attached to this. So let me just read you this warning. Use yeah. of this reproduction game cartridge, the quote-unquote product, on the SNES gaming hardware may cause the SNES console to overheat or catch fire. The SNES hardware is deemed a vintage collectible, collectible, so please exercise extreme caution when using the product and make sure there is a fire extinguishment equipment nearby. Use of the product is at the sole risk of the user. The product is sold as is. Neither I am 8-Bit Incorporated nor Capcom make any representation or warranty express or implied of any kind, including any warranty of merchandise merchantability or fitness of particular use or that the product is safe to use. And have sh- uh, company shall have no liability for damage to property or persons arising from the use of the product. Nintendo of America is no way associated with the release of this product. Our, so yes, you, the, you. They're saying our product is so good and so powerful it might make your NES catch fire. Your SNES catch fire. Yes, that's what they're saying. They're saying you know here's a limited edition. It's cost a hundred dollars. Yes, it will run, but we don't suggest it because it might <laughs> catch your SNES on fire. Wow. Yeah. That's that's it. That's all I got. Just wow. Yep. Uh, is there anything else that you want to hit? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff about Microsoft Mixed Reality that's interesting and coming up because it's their HoloLens-based technologies, oh. but consumer level. Oh, okay. So what's going to be the purpose for it? <laughs> Uh, well, Steam is integrating with it, and that's that's kind of the big one. $350 for the headset, or $450 for the headset and motion controllers. So, so yes, that's, that's, that's cheaper That's, that's cheaper it. than the Oculus Rift. Uh, is it because the Oculus dropped their price? Oh. Both Oculus and, and HTC dropped their prices. I thought it was, is that a permanent price drop? I thought it was only temporary. Uh, I think it was permanent. Mm. Okay, so there's going to be a new update. In October 17th, so that means I'll have to make sure to go around to everybody's computers and fix our VPN. Yep. Because every update, it breaks the VPN. Yep. Make sure to put that on my calendar. Sorry. Eh. So it's going to be Steam is going to be able to use the Win- Microsoft Windows VR headset. Yep. Hmm. Uh, that's about it. That's all I wanted to hit. I believe it is uh, my review. Yes, it is your review. So I mentioned I've been writing a, a robot. The chatbot. Yes. It's basically a robot. just doesn't do anything in the real world. Nope. Uh, I I started writing it in Notepad++, because you know how much I love Notepad++. Oh, man. I use Notepad++ on a daily basis. It is so, so sweet. Do you oh, know yeah. how to edit multiple lines at once in Notepad++? Uh, I don't really... Ooh, no, not off the top of my head. All right. So first, first off... First off, before I do my own review, open up Notepad++. Uh, I don't think it's on this laptop. I th- Hold what? on, let me check. I use it at work, so it's on my work laptop, which is in the kitchen right now. Oh, come on. You've got to have it on that laptop. Nope, yep, yep. I have it on here. All I right. have it on here. Because why wouldn't you, right? So open up a new file, and then hit enter a few times, just so you've got some blank lines. Hold on. It's not responding. It probably wants to update some stuff. Yep. Hey, look, you got updates. Well, it's because I haven't opened you in literally months. Yeah. Hold on, it's thinking. Oh, it has crashed. Oh, no. 
Notepad++ has crashed. <laughs> Down goes Frazier. Right. Okay. So while I'm waiting for this to do its thing. Nope. Well, I'm, I'm running the update right now. Hold on. Oh, okay. We'll come back to that then. So yeah. VS Code is just this beautiful, beautiful. It, it is essentially it's Visual Studio Lite. Okay. So Visual Studio at this point is like several gigabytes of programming tools. It takes a little bit to learn and play around with. And, and VS Code is a like you're writing a program. You're, you're doing a small piece of code. doesn't need to be small, but uh, it is a really solid generic IDE. Okay. Whereas Notepad++ is a really solid generic text editor. VS Code is a really solid generic IDE. Um, it t- has native support for tons of languages. And then just like Notepad++, there's also tons of extensions that you can get for free, right? It's all free. You just download them and plug them in. Uh, it has just been so nice because I'm, I wrote this, this bot in JavaScript uh, using Node, Node.js, and debugging Node is not a great experience. Mostly your, your debug options are limited to like, I guess I'll print this to the console so I can see what's going on. Oh, it broke. Okay. What was the last thing it was doing? Okay, let me go back and add a bunch more log commands. Oh, it broke again, but now I have more information about why it broke. Okay, let's dig in. Uh, no, with this, it, it has a built-in debugger, and so you can put in a breakpoint and run the code up to that point, and when it breaks, you can like hover over the values, as you can in many IDEs. I understand this is not unique to Visual Studio Code. But you can hover over the value and it's like, oh, this was defined here and here's what its values are. And would you like to investigate further? And you can step through the code. It's just it's so good. I'm really enjoying it. And it has some super powerful features. Uh, It's really easy to make your own custom text expansions. So like yesterday I was helping modify a different bot and I needed something that was the line of like variable, variable name, colon space, some standard stuff, but the variable name is in there. And I could I I built a in like 10 seconds a snippet where I could type in three letters, hit tab, type in the variable name and the entire thing would be done. Hmm. And so it was just it went so fast. It was so, so good. Do you have Notepad++ open yet? Uh, hold on, I got to install our language, yes. Oh my god. Well, I'm sorry, I was listening to you. <laughs> Would you not want me to listen to you? I want to show you this trick, because it's the coolest trick that you'll ever see. Okay, circle is spinning. There we go, change log. Don't care. Okay, I got a new file. All right, hit got enter. Got a couple of lines. Got a couple of lines? Yep. Hold alt and shift and press up or down, if you're on the top line. Oh. Now start typing. Well, that's neat. That is so, so, so damn useful. Now, can I do it with just like two lines, not the third line, but the fourth and fifth line? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. That's still neat. Yeah, it's super useful. You get to do it in VS Code, too. Um, it's a little different syntax, but it's also, like, slightly more flexible. All right, random topic. Random topic. Is this VS Code free, by the way? Yes. Okay. It is free, make sure on and that all one. those plugins are free. 
Oh, shoot. There is one more topic I wanted to hit. It doesn't matter if, if it's right here at the end because it's really not going to be out in time for people to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, there is a new ad hoc games done quick. The speedrun competition for charity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the HRDQ 2017. The Harvey Relief done quick. They put together a very special, like, three-day-long event. Which, by the way, they put together a three-day-long event to raise money for Harvey Relief. Nice. 100% of donations are supposed to go to the relief. Very nice. Uh, so they are they are currently doing that, and uh, looks like it's Donkey Kong Country 2 right now, getting done quick. I don't think they, like, got a hotel and a bunch of people all coming together. I think they just got a bunch of streamers to actually do it over Twitch. Hmm. So, all right, random topic. Random topic, roll ahead of time. What is your favorite game played on the Flip the Table podcast? Which, just in case you're wondering, the Flip the Table podcast is no more. They have finished back in July. Okay. Do we have a list of games that they have played? Other than scrolling through like 80 pages of stuff? Let's see. Flip the Table podcast. Since 2002. Uh... Oh, wow, here's one that's telling. Episode 9, they played Trump the Game. I actually own Trump the Game. Are you on the Board Game Geek website, just in case you're wondering? Nope. Oh, the Board Game Geek website, because I guess, you know, board games, mm -hmm. uh, has all their episodes on there. It's in six pages. I'm just so. looking through their archive. Oh, okay. If you expand all the years and months, then it tells you what games they played. They played a lot of, like... VHS-based games. Yep, yeah. I remember playing Nightmare. God, I hated Nightmare. Batman Forever audio game? Really? The People's Court. Wait, episode 49, The Legend of Zelda. They played a Legend of Zelda board game? Where in the USA is Carmen Sandiego? Really? That was a good game. That was episode 51. Oh, hey, they played yeah. 1 vs. 100. That was good. I missed that on Xbox. I, I think it was a mistake that they got rid of that. I loved that game. Wasn't that good? I remember having, like game nights of everyone going over to one place and playing one verse 100 no that was that was fun the board game is probably different yeah there was a spy versus spy board game really there's an iron chef board chef. game <laughs> i wow wait a second star trek 1979 i think we also own that star trek game let me look at the box uh, ooh, I don't know if we own that one. I think I played this, the Omega Virus, or I really wanted to play it when I was a kid. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Home Alone, Vanilla Ice Electronic Rap Game. So these are not mainstream board games that they are playing, no. right? These are, they are intentionally playing like the weirdest off-the-wall games that you could ever find. Yep. I'm gonna go with the Omega Virus. Wow, I don't I don't know what to go with. This is these are just so Yep. Well, Omega Virus is basically Doom as a board game. So I'm going with that. Hey. Wait, there was a Waterworld board game? There was a lot of board games. There were a lot of board games, I guess. Wow, I don't I don't know. Neither do I. I just I just don't Pick know. Pick one. There's... Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. That's what I did. Um, I am going to go with, uh, the... I'm going to go with Mall Madness. Ooh, I think we good actually choice. owned that. Good choice, sir. Let me look at the box. Yep, we owned that at one point. I don't think we had all the pieces, so... All right. Yep, Mall Madness. 
That's what I'm going with. Cool. All right. Well, that's, uh, since I have to quickly shower and get the hell out of here, uh, I'm calling it, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.